Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Tonight! Tonight! Yes. <laughs> Tonight, we will be recording on a very well-loved musical in its newest iteration for 2021, oh, directed so by Steven oh, so Spielberg himself. Anger management. <laughs> uh, it's not anger management? <laughs> Broadway classic. I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. <laughs> West Side Story. So I'm Mai. And witty. witty. I'm Misha. And bright. I'm Angel. And um, apologies hey. in advance for all the singing that will commence in this episode. Tonight. 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 We'll <laughs> sing while we record. I dare we'll you sing to sing the entire episode. West Side Story. Oh. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Let's see if you that can keep impressive, that up. That was impressive, Misha. Oh, thank you. <laughs> keep that up for the next hour. Let's do this. Roll the intro. <laughs> Woo! So basically, uh, West Side Story was a Broadway play originally. In a nutshell, Romeo and Juliet set in 1950s New York. So, <laughs> there are two rival gangs in the story, the Sharks and the Jets. When you're a Jet, you're a Jet all the way. Oh, sorry, yes. sorry. Continue. Yeah. Um, so the Jets are the New Yorkers, the white New Yorkers, and the Sharks are this group of Puerto Rican immigrants who are settling in uh, New York, living their new life away from Puerto Rico. And they, here we find the protagonists, Tony and Maria, from different sides, who fall in love. And of course, chaos ensues. How dare they? <laughs> How dare they start a world war? <laughs> you know, if they, if they don't fall in love, we don't have a movie. So, okay, fine, 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 fine. fine. Sure, sure. Fine. But yes, basically Mahalo that's it. You won't be entertained. <laughs> this yeah. will not end well. No more, flowy, no more flowy skirts and fantastic uh, fantastic high kicks. For yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, um, you know how it ends. Romeo and Juliet has a tragic ending. So What? I don't know. Do people even read anymore? Because I know nobody's going to plays. Do people read anymore? Do they know how Romeo and Juliet ended? They both die. Oh. No. Okay, you should no, know this by now. No, only if, if one you, of them dies. They both die. No, Juliet wakes up. They, and they, then she, she kills, kills herself. herself. Bitch. bitch. <laughs> That's why she's a dumb bitch. Alright, they're both stupid. That's right. <laughs> they're both stupid. So. Wow, I'm the one who wasn't reading. Shit. <laughs> nobody, you're a writer. Nobody tell my high school literature teacher. <laughs> But well, obviously, West Side Story has its twists and turns, um, different version of the it's, original Shakespeare play. So it plays out like this. I, I have just one useless bit of trivia because like my parents were in the UP concert chorus and they actually did an arrangement of West Side Story in Filipino. And Ooh. I grew up hearing about that. That's why like my father, he was like, he did the whole Officer Krupke number and they did it in Filipino and they're still trying to find a recording. Nobody knows where it is. Oh man. Ngayong gabi! Ngayong gabi! I don't know Sige how nga, it How would Maria better. sound? Wow, long silence, gentlemen. <laughs> we were all stumped. Paano ko itrata ng slate mo, tangina? Sabi may cricket sounds doon. Ah, <laughs> 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 
You done? Wait, I'm done. <laughs> I, I doubt it. I doubt it. You'll be singing somewhere within the hour of this recording. But yes, like I said, we will be talking about West Side Story. Oh, yeah. We are so, so grateful to our friends over at Stratworks and Disney who invited us to the actual advanced screening. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. It was actually my first movie theater experience in two years. And I'm so Glad that it was West Side Story. In fact, um, I actually was able to get Deng out of the house to watch this movie. It was also her first movie um, here in Manila after so long because COVID kept everybody indoors. But she told me even last year that if I was going to get an invite to West Side Story, I should tell her. So that day finally came. I threw it at her. Anna, are you going to come out of the house? Are we going to see this movie? And yes, we did. And no regrets. This was This was a great, great theatrical experience. So worth it. I kind of teared up for more than one reason. Besides the fact that it was my first movie and it was glorious when the lights <laughs> went out and, you know, it started playing. I heard a whistle. I knew it was coming. But yeah, um, I, I was also in tears for reasons we will explain later on. And because Anjo wasn't there. Whoa! <laughs> yes, there in it was wonderful though. because Anjo wasn't there. That added Whoa. to the experience. Ooh, Wait, kept messaging that- me, no man, you missed me. <laughs> you even drew him in in our group you- picture. See? Cutting Nisha. edge CGI to insert <laughs> Anjo into that, our Instagram yeah, post from would, the event. That that was very memorable. You, you, yes, would, I put, you would put ILM to share. I would. I really would. Yes, you would. I did that for you. I did that for you, my friend. See, that's effort. That's effort. I was out of town when this happened. I am so sorry. I missed the premiere. And um, Digital Anjo was also stepping on my foot at the time. So, <laughs> well, aren't you lucky it was it Digital happened. Me? That Digital Me was lighter than the actual me. <laughs> yeah, your digital self is kind of skinny. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So the movie is showing in cinemas now. Um, It's still showing in cinemas and it just premiered on Disney Plus for those of you who have your VPNs running. Um, Catch it whatever way you can. This is this is good stuff, guys. And we're going to go into that. It's great stuff. Good stuff won't cut it. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. So all right, let's just jump right into it. First impressions. How did you feel after seeing this highly anticipated movie by Steven Spielberg, no less? I wanted to join a street gang and go dancing (laughs) in the streets because we all know the toughest street gangs snap their fingers in rhythm and do ballet (laughs) in the streets. You know, I I would love to be in a musical in general, like in a musical setting to have my life like that because automatically you are just a good dancer and you can like randomly join any group of people dancing and you'd know all the steps and you'd Mm -hmm. be so graceful. I mean, imagine living in a musical. You just break out into song or dance. And everybody knows all the words. All the steps. (laughs) And what else? And your outfits are all coordinated for some reason. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. And traffic will give way to your breathtaking numbers and people will cheer for you. They will not be mad that you're holding up traffic or dancing on a train or singing (laughs) on a boat. They might dance along with you. Yes, they will. Yeah, they probably will. (laughs) All right. So uh, I, for one, really was 
breathless afterwards. Like, besides the fact that I was wearing a mask inside the cinemas, my mask was <laughs> wet. Right, right. My mask was wet from my tears. And I was just completely in awe of how this thing was mounted. Crazy. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like the first, the first first minute of it all that 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 first sequence was just amazing it was enough to be you know it was enough as a hook to get the just pay attention to the whole, to the whole thing amazing um i i actually i this is one of those musicals that i grew up on because my parents are very musically inclined and they made sure growing up that we saw all these old musicals and the 1961 film adaptation of the original play which is a classic film now i mean that that is something that that that's like burned into my brain so seeing it reinterpreted through a new lens through a 21st century lens updated contemporary and it's by steven spielberg you know this was just a real treat for me just hearing all these old songs that i've known since i was young and reinterpreted for a new audience and i i, I greatly appreciated it yeah, since you already touched upon the 1961 original, maybe for those of us who've seen it, um, maybe we can make some comparisons. For those of you who will be going into the movie expecting something if you've seen the old one, like what are the differences that we can like point out? Um, well, I think the most obvious one, honestly, is the fact that it gives more of a backstory it, it humanizes mm-hmm. the a lot of the characters in a bigger way they're not just caricatures especially the puerto ricans because like if you see the, the the old one it was all just a bunch of white guys there was even a japanese girl in there and they all just painted them the same shade of brown like shamelessly yep. they painted oh, them all like brown so much brown face <laughs> like, <laughs> like i was you know, horrified when it I saw was it. a product of its time back it then. was a yeah, product it was. of its time but you know i i, I adored that movie i mean and and something else that but but if you look at the old one it really treated the puerto ricans like this other alien race it didn't even try to make them sympathetic other than maria so i like mm-hmm. here that they fleshed out the backstory of characters like bernardo a little bit more they added a little mm-hmm. bit more um a little bit more life to these characters um and that's not just to the puerto ricans so the puerto ricans get a little bit more of an even keel but even the white characters are fleshed out, so they feel more like people here rather than, you know, mm-hmm. people who are just waiting to burst into song. Yeah. And uh, the old one, of course, like uh, Angela already mentioned earlier, product of its, ta- its time, not only because of the brown face thing, mm-hmm. but um, also in its simplicity. Maybe it, um, the technology we have now wasn't available for them at the time. So mm-hmm. technically... Yep. It was much simpler. The sets were kind of like what you would see on stage. The -hmm. camera wasn't moving as much, but Mm -hmm. just in general, it was much simpler. But what it lacked in camera movement really made up for in lighting and the performances. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the choreography was still great, but it's definitely definitely a good classic that you might want to look back on or check out if you haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's yeah. a classic the, for a reason. The 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 score the score by Leonard Bernstein is one of the all-time greats. It's notoriously difficult to sing because it's not intuitive. So, um a lot of the, what goes into the score of West Side Story is counterintuitive to somebody who's classically trained. So it takes a very specific kind of singer, a very specific kind of performer to pull it off. 
And I'm glad to say that the cast here, they do a great job with it. Because in 1961, a lot of the people who were on screen singing, you know, that wasn't even their actual voice. They were chosen because they were pretty people. Like the leader of the sharks, mm-hmm. Bernardo, he was played by by, by a, a Greek guy, for heaven's sake. And Maria was <sighs> Natalie Wood. So, you know, these are these were not necessarily Puerto Ricans. They were just chosen because they were pretty. And mm-hmm. here they we get the pretty, pretty people. They feel pretty. <laughs> they feel pretty here pretty we get the pretty bright. people, but they can also sing and dance their ass off. And it's just amazing to look they, at. They basically they basically got triple threats now. Like mm-hmm. legit people. Mm-hmm. People with legit back theater, Broadway back experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And so let's get to those people. Surely. Um, for this 2021 version. I, I think something that's interesting about musicals we've been seeing recently, especially with things like, you know, Les Mis or Cats or, you know, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, Cats. Oh God, yeah. Cats. I got, I got shivers. <laughs> In a bad way. Tough, tough talk from Anjo. He still hasn't watched the damn thing. Thank um, you for reminding <laughs> me. No, no, no. Something that's interesting about the modern day musical compared to, let's say, something from the 60s was that in the 60s, people kind of accepted it that it wasn't necessarily the voice of the actor that they were seeing on screen who was singing. But as people became more intelligent, more savvy about how movies were made, it became seen as a form of cheating to have somebody singing for you. So now, because studios are so risk-averse, they would, use, they would rather get a big-name actor who they can train to kind of sing and then put him on the screen just so they can justify the budget of their big musicals now. I, and you mean like the Rock just, and Moana? No, okay, the Rock can do anything. Excuse you, the Rock can do anything. <laughs> okay, he can do anything. He he was the Tooth Fairy once. Oh fuck, no, he was. Right. He was. Yes, he was. He was. Or was that Vin Diesel? No, that was him. All Vin right, Diesel was the pacifier. It. Oh my god. <laughs> but anyways, um. The cool thing about West Side Story now versus the old one, uh, as much as I love the old one, is that here everybody does their own singing um, to various degrees of success. Spielberg went all out in casting even people who were not necessarily well-known because he really wanted to do right by this story, whether it was casting of race or somebody who could actually do their own singing. And it really, really shows. I think it really paid off because everybody could sing. Like even the weakest link. <laughs> oh, man. We're gonna talk about that enough. guy. Yeah, yeah let's, 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 get, let's get him okay. out of the way before let's we start praising everybody. Yeah, yeah, else. yeah. Okay. <laughs> fine, 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 I, fine. Okay, here, here's the thing. Okay, Ansel <laughs> Elgort is <sighs> not known for his singing, <sighs> but 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 to be fair, if you're going up against Broadway classically, you know, classically trained Broadway actors like um, Ariana DeBose or yeah. Rachel Ziegler. He actually held his own pretty well. It wasn't he's that okay. bad. It wasn't flat. But he's, it wasn't that he goes flat. flat a couple of times. He goes flat a couple of times but, in Tonight. It's better than it's better than, than um, Russell Crowe in Les Mis. Oh my God. Be- because <laughs> Russell Crowe was singing out of his nose. I'm like, that was really <laughs> fucking bad. That Every was time really bad. Javert, it was the most painful thing. Javert. Year, this, you know, <laughs> I, that was already I, I, like a benchmark of what not to do. So to be fair, he didn't do that, but he wasn't great either. He wasn't great. Yeah. But I think that's also something that this movie has in common with the 61 version in that Richard Bamer in the original one was also the weakest link of that cast. He was just chosen because he looked so gosh darn charming. He wasn't chosen because he could so sing. Cute. But, <laughs> he was so but, cute. <laughs> but he could really sell that whole innocence, that whole romantic leaning thing to, you know, that West Side 
Romeo versus Ansel Elgort, who just seems kind of creepy. Are you saying he's creepy because of the sexual assault allegations? Or I'm sex- saying he's creepy because he's creepy. <laughs> not not uh, without uh, the background, without the no, 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 you know, because, controversy. Look, Look, remember how I said like old Tony was cast because he looked like he was somebody who could believe in love at first sight. In the new one, Maria, the Maria they got, um, fuck me. Rachel Ziegler. Thank you. In the new one, the Maria they got, Rachel Ziegler, she looks like you could believe that she believes in love at first sight. She really sells the innocent, Mm -hmm. the the, the naive nature of this character who still believes the best in the world. But whenever she gets on screen with, with Ansel Elgort's Tony, it's just wrong because you're seeing a girl who's like 15 and you're seeing a guy who just got out of prison. Because, and, and <laughs> you know, that whole prison thing is, wasn't in the play that wasn't in the 61 movie. That was something they specifically added to make this Tony seem maybe a little bit more tough. But it just means, but you know what that says to me? He came from prison. That means he's over 18. <laughs> he's over he 18. He could be just 18. He's hitting on this 15-year-old girl, you know? And it, you know, sometimes in their system, it looks like though, he's grooming her. He's no, grooming her and you're watching. You were paying oh. to watch him groom her. And it's creepy. Yeah, but then sometimes, what if you're 17 years old when you're being tried as a juvenile, then you turn 18, then you're moved into adult prison. That's what happens. That could happen. That could what happen. are you, his lawyer? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, you know. But no, no, no. Yeah, I'll- but I guess I guess you're right. It was kind of creepy. It it looked creepy because, you know, he has this certain expression in his face where he's trying to do the smolder that the guy he from can't Kango. Do it. It he can't do weird. it. He can't do it. He really can't. It's, and yeah. also, it doesn't help that he's 6'3 and the girl is ti- and Rachel Ziegler is tiny. Yeah, you know, he's got like three feet on her. It's ridiculous. You know? Well, it was in the script. She well, was like, oh, fine, oh. yes. He's, he's tall, but he looks like a bad render of young Brando. Oh it's my like, God. <laughs> it's like, you know, you lost internet while you were downloading a picture of young Brando and that's what came out. That's Ansel so Elgort's mean. face. Now, I want a comparison that, picture from you. I will post that in the group. <laughs> Wait, but Spielberg said that he cast Elgort because he saw him in Baby Driver. But that's he, that's he not, was playing somebody who was, you know, of special needs in Baby Driver. And he wasn't really expressive or yeah, emotive. You really or, need to be super expressive in musicals. Like right? hello. And I, I acting wise, like I while watching the movie, I was like, Man, move your face! Move your face! Come on! <laughs> yes. Your body's dancing, but your face is not moving! Come the on! Whole, the whole time he had this perpetual pout. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, that did. was the whole the whole two hours, 30 minutes of Ansel Elgort. The it's like he was trying pout. for Zoolander's blue steel, and you know, <laughs> it just wasn't working for me. Maybe it worked on Maria, but you know, it didn't work on me. It really worked on Maria. <laughs> Um, and I was also thinking about how he was excluded in most of the marketing and publicity, right? Because of I, his scandal. And that's like right. I was I alleged was scandal. Yes, alleged scandal. So I was kind of grateful because these people I actually saw in the posters, and he was barely in the trailer too. And he's fucking Tony. He is. He's freaking and, Romeo to her Maria's Juliet. Yeah, how can exactly. he not be there? But like 
after seeing the movie, it's I'm like, uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay that he's not in much of the posters or the trailer because he didn't really do much. He had no chemistry with Maria. It was just so awkward, especially yeah. when they sang One Heart, One Hand during the wedding sequence. Like, oh my God, make it stop. Just make it stop. <laughs> and it yeah. does. It, but here's the worst thing. Um, R- Rachel Ziegler is singing her heart out, right? Oh, she's amazing. Right? Dude. And like jaw drop when she starts singing. Spielberg and his regular cinematographer, Janusz Kaminski, they are shooting the shit out of that sequence. And it's got this beautiful lighting from the stained glass window in the church mm-hmm. that they're in. Beautiful. It just looks gorgeous. And then you got Ansel there, who's <laughs> like, he's got as much charisma as, I don't know, a bag of wood. He, that's what he <laughs> looks like. And he, you know, put on. You're supposed to be in love with this girl. What is wrong with you? <laughs> this is where you kind of say your vows to each other. And uh-huh. if not for the beautiful lighting and Maria's angelic face, I wouldn't have believed it. I mm-hmm. Yes. It, that, that, that's the frustrating thing because everybody around him is incredible. Look at when they do that number cool, when he's trying to get a gun from his best friend Riff. And... You know, he's supposed to be the rational, calm one because he's so in love. But then half of the sequence is his dance double because he can't keep up with the Broadway guys that he's acting with. No, that's why when while watching this, I was watching with my wife and I was like, is that Ansel Elgort? I didn't know he could dance. And then my wife was like, yeah, I think that's a double. Hmm. Yeah, when they were high, they would hide his face. They would shoot mm-hmm. him from the back and all that it's, stuff. It's all long shots. It's, lo- it's mm-hmm. It makes sense to have long shots for this. But it was a beautiful sequence. Mm-hmm. But you know who can really <clears throat> fucking dance? Anita and Bernardo. Holy Dude, God. Oh. Ariana, Ariana DeBose is the best. Because yes. Of course, she would. you'd expect her to dance that well because she's a classically trained dancer, Broadway mm-hmm. with, you know, Broadway pedigree. She was also discovered in So You Think You Can Dance. Right. She's a regular performer there. She was the bullet in Hamilton. So, you know, that, that performance was all movement. Exactly. So you see how well she was, like, especially when she, it was her time to, her time to shine. Like, I, I guess she was the showstopper of this musical when it was her singing that song with um, um, Bernardo. David Alvarez, yeah, he I was actually her. one of he was actually one of the you know eight hundred Billy Elliots <laughs> in the musical version <laughs> in the stage version of Billy Elliot and David Alvarez as Bernardo and Ariana DeBose as as um, Anita. Anita. They just steal the freaking show with America. That is <gasps> incredible. That for the longest time was you know in the old version that was Rita Moreno's signature number, and she actually became the first. Puerto Rican ever to win an Academy Award. She won Best Supporting Actress. And now it looks like Ariana DeBose could be on her way to repeating that feat. I mean, like being a nominee for that category alone with the same actress, uh, with, 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 um, same with, another, with the same character, with a different actress is, is in, you know, puts you in, 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 a very, in a very exclusive club. Imagine if she wins it. Yeah. She'd be like the Joker. <laughs> And if she does win it, it's like the role is either blessed that the <laughs> whoever plays Anita will 
automatically get an Oscar. It's like the opposite of a curse somehow. But at the same time, <laughs> if ever, maybe 30 years from now or 60 years from now, there's another version of West Side Story. Whoever's going to be playing Anita then in the future has a, like really big shoes to fill. Totally. Seriously. No pressure. The, uh, Anita in this movie was just amazing. You're right. She, she, for me, she was like the star of the show. She mm-hmm. stole the whole show. It was I couldn't really take my eyes off of her performance from her dancing to her singing, everything. It was complete. She was the complete package for this. And mm-hmm. she's my favorite character in general because she had the right amount of realism, but also she was very, I like the right amount of realistic and idealistic, like somewhere yes. in the middle because you have this immigrant story and America was all about her and Bernardo arguing on whether life is great in America or in Bernardo's or, case, he wants to go back to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's There's like, six kids. Yeah. And <laughs> it's Good an amazing, it's an amazing balance and the character is also so complex that you would see that she definitely would be angry at what events unfold later on but at the same time she genuinely believes in love as well which Mm -hmm. is why she kind of also understands Maria's stupidity sorry I'm no she's got (laughs) naivete naivete fine that's a nicer way to put it but I I love that number where um, Ariana DeBose and Rachel Ziegler go head to head singing mm-hmm. A Boy Like That and mm-hmm. holy shit when they're just going at each other and they're singing their lungs out and the if they're, vocals my it's, god Jesus and Christ. they're acting all throughout it's just incredible you see where you know that stage training comes into play because mm-hmm. they are just incredible and speaking of stage, Rita Moreno, you know, I mean, I cannot say enough good things about her. She was Anita in the original. She's in this one too. At the, you know, the young age of 89, she's in this movie. And oh, that's she, why she wasn't moving so much. Ah, uh, well, but, you know, still, you know, when Tony would pick her up and be like, put her down. How dare you? You put down Broadway royalty. <laughs> But yeah, Rita Moreno is in Rita Moreno is in this movie, and she essentially takes the place of Doc from the original mm-hmm. play and the original film, who owns the drugstore where the Jets, the white gang, hang out. And here, that comes with a twist of irony because she is a Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. but all the people hanging out in her store are the white jerks, and um, they explain it by saying that she's Doc's widow. You know, so mm-hmm. she married a white guy, so in their eyes, she's quote unquote acceptable. Mm-hmm. She's actually the one in the middle because she does have her um, ties to the white community, but she's Puerto Rican, so she's the balance. She's like a of, vo- voice of reason. It, yeah, kind of. So mm-hmm. she she is there as a mother figure to Tony and maybe some of the white kids, but you know she also represents how they can come together. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm not okay. I'm, I I gotta give this one to the new ver to the new film. I liked when Tony went up to Rita Moreno's character. Her name is Valentina. When Tony goes to Valentina and asks how to tell Maria he loves her in Spanish, I'm oh, like, that's okay, that, that was that was good stuff. That, that was good was, writing. That's so cute. Like Mm-mm. that was a cute scene, but Ansel. Yeah, Ansel. <laughs> Boo. Um, okay, everybody is also amazing. But I also want to point out somebody who was just like, okay lang. 
Let's get Go the chino. <laughs> I don't my know. Mom chino, so, my chino mom was so mad because we saw it on Disney so Plus like a couple of weeks later. She's all like, what did they do to Chino? Because <laughs> Chino in the original is somebody you can believe to be Bernardo's right-hand man. He was tough. And of course, if I'm Bernardo, this is the guy I trust my little sister with. Right, right. But this one, they, they suddenly made him all nerdy. <laughs> Well, I, I think story-wise, it kind of works. It, it, it I, I guess they sense. want... Yeah, it made For, sense in a way. But, but if I were Bernardo, it's like, I'm not giving my little sister no, to this loser. No, no, I, no, I think I, it, I, made, no, sense I, I, it made sense. It made sense. I liked her to end up with someone like him. So bad. No, but I like, he wanted I like her to be no, with this educated no, guy with a future. He okay. didn't want her to be with exactly. a gang member. Exactly, it, it, exactly. It, it, my, it worked, I think. In my, in, <laughs> in my opinion, it... It did work because he wanted somebody stable for your for my for my sister because yeah. that's how it, I would feel. But that, that's how they the, sold their. But, sold but the him thing was, but the thing was, they never established a good relationship. You know, he, they never showed a good relationship between Chino and and Bernardo. That's why Chino was kind of off. Like they need, they didn't even give him enough screen time. Yeah, and and you have this one character in a in a musical where everybody can dance. <laughs> and you really have to write in that he can't fucking dance. <laughs> like on how purpose. On purpose. How Not like Ansel. would you have to be to be the only person in an entire musical who can't dance? <laughs> yeah, but at least his was written that way. Not like Ansel. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. Okay. The, the, but, yeah. one other, the one other character that I really enjoyed was Riff. Oh, Riff I loved Riff. Riff. Riff was Riff, amazing. I love Riff. Riff. Riff from the get-go exuded charisma. I was like, this yes. guy. Yes. This guy. First minute of him showing up on screen. It's like, hmm, this guy's this guy's something. And then he starts dancing. That's it. It's right mm-hmm. there. There you go. Right. Absolutely. And, and the way he would deliver his lines is just super on point. You had that sharp, tough guy would you say wit or charm? Either one. No, I think he's he's got that whole street swag. smart thing. That yeah. whole 50s street smart gangsters swag. Mm-hmm. There you go. And he's played by uh, Michael Feist, who was oh, actually in… So good. He was in Dear Evan Hansen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he's completely unlike the 61 riff. The 61 riff was Ross Tamblin. He was actually a gymnast. That's why they chose him. Because they mm-hmm. could work in his somersaults into the choreography. And then they just dub him with somebody else later. But the 21st century version of Riff, um, he can do it all. He's great. He's like a skinny guy. He's lean. So, like, But the second he opens his mouth, the faces that he makes, this body language, you can believe that a street gang would follow this guy. Yep. Especially that part in when he was buying a gun. I was like, oh. Like, it, 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 he had those subtle nuances, you know, like you would think that uh, only a street smart New Yorker who grew up in you know, one of those uh, rough places mm-hmm. would exude. And I would be genuinely frightened of this guy. And it's not that, you know, he has the perfect balance of street smart and toughness. Because if you just look at a guy sometimes, it's like, you're if you're some part of the opposite gang, you're like, nah, I'm not threatened. But you'd think that somebody that, not really skinny, but not, he's not like meaty, you know, he's not like threatening or like... A, or like a big guy, but you just know that he can outwit you. He can he can like read you down to filth when it comes to insults. So it's really a guy you don't want to fuck with. 
as opposed to maybe casting somebody like big and burly who you mm-hmm. might think of as some sort of meathead but no he's like the total package and I would really not want to mess with this guy especially if he's like leading a gang part of me no part of me is thinking maybe that's why they had to say that Tony went to prison to justify how Ansel Elgort could beat up anybody Like, why do you want that guy in your rumble? He's so freaking awkward. Oh, he went to prison because he beat up a guy. Ooh. Oh my god, I thought we were done with the Ansel Rose part. <laughs> well, Misha can't, you know, Misha can't help himself but roast I'm Ansel. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But, but but can we go back to Riff? What I really liked about him in this version is that they really played up the part of how this is somebody who's desperate to hold on to his way of life because he doesn't know any other way. Mm-hmm. This is all he's had, all he's known. He doesn't see any other future other than these streets. And in this point in time, the city of New York is even taking that away from him. For those of you who don't know, the original play came out in 1954. And at that time, the demolition of the area known as San Juan Hill, it was an 18-block area, was already being planned by the city of New York. So the city of New York used eminent domain to essentially evict about 4,000 people from their homes with the promise of financial aid, which never came, just so they could build a nice, gentrified neighborhood on top of this shitty 18 block area and you know that section of land now because that is where landmarks like Lincoln Center are it's a nice neighborhood which has no room for street gangs who are just fighting for turf um or dancing for turf dancing for turf <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's funny you should mention the dancing because that's why the streets are so empty in the opening of the 61 original mm-hmm. because that demolition was already underway so mm. it wasn't that the streets were empty. I mean, I mean, it wasn't they were empty because they were shooting. They were empty because they were empty. And you can see it. Look at the buildings behind them. They're dancing. The buildings are boarded up. And there's actually some parts where they don't cut right away. And you can see demolished buildings. And here, they actually make that gentrification of New York a part of the story. And it really works because it drives home the, the, the message of what the hell are you people even fighting for? Mm-hmm. And a difference between the 1961 film and this one, um, this has a lot more chatty parts because the 1961 um, film would go from musical number, just a little dialogue to another, jump right into another musical number. Here, they really fleshed out all the problems or everything that's going on. There's a lot more chit chat, which maybe some people in the original would not really be fond of, but it really gave it a lot more depth because you could hear that um, they're talking about how a lot of the rich, successful people would have probably already moved out of that place. Mm-hmm. And um, the Puerto Ricans are coming in. And here is Riff really struggling with the fact that he thought that he could rule this place. Because like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, all the rich people who like take control of us back then are out. And I can be king of this hood, but here come the immigrants taking mm-hmm, away mm-hmm. what's supposed to be mine. So that complexity is given to Riff. Yes, absolutely. And it just it just gave depth that wasn't there originally. Before, it was just the white guys against the Puerto Rican guys. And that was it. It was just Romeo and Juliet writ large, just brought, transposed to the modern day. And the real star of the show was the score, the songs, and the choreography. But 
if there's something Spielberg can do and has been doing for the last, you know, 50 years at this point is he knows how to put together a good story. And I cannot believe this is the first time he's actually done a musical. And he's done it quite well. I wouldn't expect him to do a musical. Not, 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 not at all. Especially mm-hmm. now in the, at this point in his life where he's... Yeah, know. he's like in his 70s now. He said he was like 10 years old when he saw the original in 61. Right? Wow. So you would think he would have done it as he, when he was younger. But that, mm-hmm. Maybe making it in, in, you know, when he's, when he's done so much, in, so much prior to this helped mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Because now because we have Steadicams and Gimbals, mm-hmm. you know, we can see, we can, we can, we can see the, we can see the characters in a, in a, in a very different way. Because you can actually feel as an audience member, feel like you're part of the choreography. You're part of the interaction. Like you're really up close and personal with these guys, and you're really going through the emotions that they're feeling. So that's 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 something that really stood out to me when I was watching this 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 movie. And mm-hmm. Spielberg, being Spielberg, just did it his way, and it was mm-hmm. the payoff was just amazing. Yeah, J.J. Abrams, that's how you do lens flares, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Hey, he's not an idiot. He just, he okay, just fine, can't finish. Fine. He can't I'm finish. Sorry. Oh, he that's just... so sad. It happens to a lot of guys, Anjo. But, you know. Yeah. Oh, sorry, oh. Misha. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it's okay. I forgive you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Since we're at the direction, here comes, I guess, the Spielberg ass-kissing part. Go for it. I mean, what are we going to say? It's Steven Spielberg. It is I mean, Steven Spielberg. Tried and tested, Josh. He's like AI, the only director. He's the only director to have a best director nomination across six decades now. Fuck. One in each decade. Maybe that's his goal. That's why he made this movie. Yep. That's from the Maybe. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and now 2020s. So they had six decades. He has Ooh. one. He has multiple Best Director nominations Yay, across each decade. Yay, Misha can count with his fingers. I can. Thank <laughs> God they can't see that. That's embarrassing. But Spielberg had his work cut out for him because the original film was directed by Robert Wise, who was himself um, a Hollywood legend. Because Robert Wise directed not just West Side Story, but he also directed The Sound of Music, um, mm. the sci-fi classic, The Day the Earth Stood Still, another classic, Star Trek, The Motion Picture. You know, this guy's resume was stacked. And the fact that Spielberg took it on, he I, I don't think he would have done it if he didn't think he could bring something new to it. And what's mm-hmm. interesting is... Um, they made a big. He made a big point of saying that he wanted to adapt the play. He didn't want to adapt the movie. Mm-hmm. But you can see some flourishes from the '61 movie that he incorporated here, just because he loved it so much. And the same philosophy applied apparently to adapting the score, because the people who made the '61 movie were the same people who made the play, essentially. So whatever they changed in the score for the movie in '61, some of those they incorporated into the new version because they said it still counts. It's, it's, it's canon because it's the same people who reworked it anyway. So mm-hmm. they mixed and matched the best parts of the play, the best parts of the movie. And I think they came out with a fantastic reimagining. You could also see in the newer version that um, Spielberg rearranged some songs. So in the original, in the 1961 one, Cool came after the big fight between mm-hmm. the two gangs. Right. But here, Cool was used as a way of um, Tony really making an effort to try to stop the big fight. It came mm-hmm. before it, which mm-hmm. really made sense. And it really made a, re- a cool sequence of him trying to get the gun from Riff and everything and all the dancing. So that just 
to me, made more sense narratively. So, so cool had a cool sequence. Oh yeah, my god! It did. Yes, it did. yes, it, that was basically the <laughs> no, jazz, but it really was. The, the modern jazz break of the original film. <laughs> where, it really was a pretty know, good sequence, though. It, yeah, it was fantastic. And I like so the imagining Elgort's here. stunt double was great. <laughs> yes, he, his dance double. Dance yes, double. Sorry, he was great. Double. In all those scenes where oh he couldn't see his face, he was really selling it. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> that he was Ansel Elgort. <laughs> Look, I, you, you remember how I said... Oh my God, we're back. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, you know how I said like Elgort looks like a bad render of young Brando? When he sings... He sings like old Brando in The Godfather. He sounds like he's got cotton in his cheeks. He sings. It's 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 weird. It's like he's, he's got something done. in his throat. He's not. It's done. not that bad. The singing's not that bad, and he had one of the hardest songs to sing in the whole place. Uh, I, I just you know the second he busted out something's coming. I did not feel hopeful for his future. <laughs> I didn't feel enthusiasm. I didn't feel he wasn't selling it. Moving on from Ansel. Sorry, sorry. Finally, we get to put our foot down now. Spielberg was great. on him. <laughs> okay, let's uh, go to our favorite sequences. Because I know that there are many we have to mention. The highlights that we would really want to point out. I love the opening. The opening is great. When you hear those that, that three-note motif whistled um, that announces the Jets... Arriving, and I, I I love that, and the long shot that opens the movie, which just shows you the the neighborhood, the demolition, introduces you to the characters. Um, it just really sucks you in. That is a great opening. It is a fantastic way to introduce everything that happens here. And yeah, that that that's the one I'd have to say because I already said that I love America. Oh, obviously, They're, America. America, like- America is like I think everybody's favorite. Part of this movie, favorite sequence in this movie. It's also like so this. high energy and yeah, all the dancing yes. in the streets and, and the all color. the colors, the, the wardrobe, the skirts the of all the women like floating around, the high kicks. Actually, uh, it was the, Anita the st- punching harder than Bernardo. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Even if Bernardo, even though Bernardo was a boxer, he's a boxer in this one, guys. Mm-hmm. Pretty <laughs> yes. cool, pretty cool. And um, uh, it was just such a complex scene because you start from their apartment and then they go out into the street and you see all the hustle and bustle of 1950s New York. They stop mm-hmm. traffic. It was gorgeous. I, I just want to know. I, wa- I would have loved to be in that room when they were planning about the choreography and the whole logistics mm-hmm. of and movement of <laughs> that whole sequence. You can just imagine the cinematography. You, you want my camera to do what? <laughs> That maybe they would have done that. Maybe maybe the cinematographer back in the '60s would have said that. But now, because we have oh my you know steady cams and gimbals, incredible. And these, the the camera was part of the dance. It really it was. It really was. And I we feel were like, part of the dance. I feel like requirement Jenny Spielberg. Nah, he told the cinematographer, "Hey, you have to dance in this one. Not literally, <laughs> but your <laughs> lens, your camera has to dance <laughs> with isn't, everyone." Yeah, is it yep. Spielberg? That filmmaker, for each decade, he will force onto something, into his movies, a new technology like what he wanted for Jurassic Park. Like he wanted the dinosaurs running as the camera. That's more of a James Cameron thing, forcing new tech. (laughs) Spielberg just happens to stumble into new shit to tell his stories, I guess. Kind of. Like, you know, because it was him. That's why they did the whole. 
they, they did the whole animated dinosaurs while the camera was moving. It was because of him that they did that in Jurassic Park. That's so fair. Maybe, that's maybe, fair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I guess because he's that type of guy and he has that much influence now that, oh, we got to make this. But, but what I like about Spielberg, honestly, is that he has like a trusted team of people that he works with, you know. An that, Fair enough. Like um Janos Finally somebody worthy of calling an author <laughs> on this podcast. But I mean, sorry. if you have you have a nomination for best director in each decade, then <laughs> over the last six decades. Than... Like duh. <laughs> duh. Obviously. <laughs> I know, right? And this is the man who made Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. What the actual hell? I mean, come on. That that's just that is range. That is crazy range. Mm-hmm. But but what I like about him is that he works by and large with the same people, but it doesn't show. Mm-hmm. If you compare this movie to like any movie he's done over the last 20 years, it doesn't look like any of those. But he's still got Michael Kahn editing him. Michael Kahn has been his editor since since Close Encounters of the Third Kind in like the late 70s. Damn. And and wow. Janusz Kaminski has been working with him since Schindler's List. I believe, um, replacing his 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 previous cinematographer, his previous go-to guy. So he even wanted John Williams to to work on and produce the soundtrack for this one. But John Williams is like, not my thing, but here's David Newman. He did the soundtrack for Anastasia. He, he's your guy. And I love it. It's a beautiful reinterpretation of the classic score. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just so also so happened that it, it gave a good homage to... Um, Sondheim, who just recently passed away, it's kind of also sad to like know that whoever wrote all these beautiful lyrics couldn't see this oh, oh version of it. <laughs> you want your head to hurt? When Sondheim wrote the lyrics, he was 25. Fuck, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Which is why Jonathan Larson was so mad. Stephen Sondheim shit. was 25. He was working with already, you know, musical theater legends. Leonard Bernstein, Jerome Bobbins, there was a choreographer, the director. And here's this young guy, Stephen Sondheim, at the ripe old age of 25 years old, writing the words to one of the best American musicals ever written. Like, what the actual hell, guys? Fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rest in peace, rest in power. Makes you question your life shit. choices, no? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Now let's get to the stars, um, Maria and Tony, aka Fifties Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I think we've they're said a lot about not Tony. Ansel, dear God, please. <laughs> let's get to the actual characters in the okay, scene. Okay. <laughs> Their meet cute was just so fucking cute. Okay, I yes, that it cute. was. It was a good meet cute, and just- um, it it was a great contrast because right before we also had an amazing dance sequence like the the actual dance where that, everybody comes to party and it's so so lively everybody's oh kicking amazing like, forming the two circles kind of thing but not really following it the just like breaking out into groups yeah thing. dance off exactly mm-hmm. and then moment like the of silence was, it's like the school was trying to start a rumble what the hell were they thinking <laughs> really dance? cool rumble cause like dance <laughs> if you could settle all fights with dance offs that would be great that's why Michael Jackson ripped off West Side Story for the music video of Bad that's why they're dancing right? in that cause he he was addicted to West Side Story <laughs> he loved this musical that in, makes sense that's, that's why in my head it's always been reinforced that the toughest gangs 
they dance like motherfuckers. <laughs> and yeah. if they can't, they're not real gangs. No, they're not. Um, so, okay, back to the dance. So we have all this hullabaloo going on, fights almost starting, dance-offs, but then you get to classic makeout spot of teenagers. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. What? Screw you guys. What? I've never been behind the bleachers. Hindi uh, naman ko. It's what? cool what? namin. Ano meron dun? Uh, okay. Anjo, si Anjo may excuse. Emo ko yung Misha. Sure, sure. Sure. <laughs> but yes, Tony and Maria suddenly things quiet down and they meet behind the bleachers. And it was adorable. It was. It was. So cute. I love the lighting in this sequence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like it really showed you how, you know, you would see somebody that attracted you like as… You know, a celestial being because of just how the lighting and the blocking was worked. Good stuff. And the dialogue was very well handled in that. Honestly, mm-hmm. they were just playing off each other, which I'm not even going to comment anymore about the guy half please. of that scene. <laughs> Stop, please. You know, even if, you know, somebody Control else yourself. <laughs> Control yourself. Dialogue was good. Guy <laughs> delivering it was not. How's that? You yeah, got if you have clear. nothing good That's to clear. say, keep, keep quiet. If you have nothing good to say, keep quiet. Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a wonderful meet cute. And um, it was a nice update to the original one where they spot each other across the dance floor and the world melts away. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's a little bit more plausible that Tony didn't die in the first 30 seconds of checking out his enemy gang leader's sister mm-hmm. in public and was singing to her and dancing with her in public. <laughs> I mean, like, yes, by all means, go behind the bleachers, kids. Please, we want Tony to live to the next act. <laughs> yeah, it was adorbs. And even the, the what, what came after, you know, when he's singing his heart out, calling for Maria, Maria. in a per. In a Latino neighborhood, every apartment would have a Maria in it. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> every fucking apartment there would have a Maria. <laughs> and there's this gringo singing his lungs out in the middle of the night. Amidst beautiful lighting. I love that the guy cleaning the tennis court turned on the lights for him just so he could have his moment. And when he goes into the alleys and he's singing at the different windows… It's just it's 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 hard not to get swept up in it. Mm-hmm. And if anything, I am a hater of Romeo and Juliet. Okay, not <laughs> not 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 the Shakespeare work. We all know it's a classic, but in general, the characters of Romeo and Juliet to me are so fucking stupid. They are. They're incredibly they, they're, stupid. Oh my god! Because I don't believe in love at first sight. I don't trust all the lengths they would have gone through and knowing how um knowing how the original Romeo and Juliet by Shakespeare ends oh my god okay I don't know he's dead I'm gonna kill myself <laughs> okay <laughs> so dumb like uh, I hate it so any iteration of Romeo and Juliet that doesn't make me want to rip my head off is good <laughs> so it, this didn't. This is fine. This is fine. Okay, I, okay. I know they are stupid at some point, but at least I believed it. I believed yes. that they were in love. I believed they would go through so many lengths. Ex- I don't. Maybe I would still call Maria stupid for kind of like going with the guy who killed your brother and sleeping with him right after your brother was killed. It's like to be uh, fair. But okay, fine. I believe to it. To be fair. Rachel Ziegler sold it. Fine. I when believe pe- it. When people 
consider their mortality, when they're faced with their mortality in a shocking way, like a sudden death of a loved one, it triggers hormones. Just but, saying. But would it's, you it's, do it with the guy who killed your brother, though? That's why the insight from the wedding crashers to crash funerals is true. <laughs> oh because the same emotions are in play. You are considering but, but, your life, what you've done, but, the people you've connected with. No. That's why people hook up at weddings and, yes, at but, funerals. But yeah, but, Maria's an idiot. This dude just stabbed your brother. Exactly. He had his brother's blood on his shirt. Yep. Had her brother's blood on his shirt. So when lit. Anita comes in and, you know, it, it, she's ready to kick some ass and she's entirely justified because Maria is not thinking with her head. Mm, yeah, that's thinking fair. from somewhere lower. She's thinking with Tony's head. I was going to say her heart, but okay. She's thinking <laughs> of Tony's head. There, I fixed it. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Mm-hmm. Tony's All point, right. yes. Ah! <laughs> All right. So, okay. Well, um, we've raved about weird. it. Really great story. Um, obviously, you know how it ends. Classic Romeo and Juliet. But, you know, Juliet doesn't die here, at least. She's just uh, very, very angry. Yeah. So how do you feel about that the, that climactic moment when, I, you know? I, I cried. I cried. No, I, it's, it's just, it was, it, it was a very heavy ending because it's, mm. it's more, it's kind of like a, as opposed to being a very romantic story. It, it's more of like a slap to the face, crash back down to reality. Like, oh, this is real life. People die. Yep. People you love die. Yep. In the worst way possible. Mm-hmm. And um, it just goes to show you what kind of, you know, what, what things can happen when you have communities that hate each other. Mm. Breed that's, hate. That's so first. true. Uh, when, 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 when choreographer, director Jerome Robbins was developing the West Side Story story <laughs> in the 50s with Leonard, Leonard Bernstein and other producers, they, they, they really were just thinking of making a simple transposition of Romeo and Juliet to the 1950s, you know, because they said, but they said they didn't have a compelling um, reason for two factions to fight. In fact, originally they wanted to be like a, a, a Jewish boy and a Roman Catholic girl, something like that. But they said, eh, whatever. And then they read up uh, a few years later, they actually tabled it. They, they put it aside. And a few years later, they saw a newspaper article about um, Puerto Rican gang violence. And then they said, oh, that's it. That's our hook. It's going to be racially motivated because re- not religion. It's about, it's about racial intolerance. It's about e- exactly what Andre just said. It's about people of different you know, um, ethnicities coming together in a community and deciding, deciding that they don't like each other. Because nobody starts out disliking each other. You have to decide that you don't like somebody. Mm-hmm. And you know, the stupider the reason, the more likely that somebody's going to end up shot. Yep. Yeah, uh, th- this is what they really portrayed very well in this more recent, uh, not a remake, but a more recent version of this film. And uh, yeah, um, I guess we also have to talk about how some people ri- ha- have already written this film off because they're like, oh, it's they said it's going to be um, racially accurate or inclusive. Mm. 
So it's gonna <laughs> it's one of those woke movies. But yeah. if you think about it, there is no version of West Side Story that isn't quote unquote woke. Why yes. is it supposed to be inclusive? And why do they have to point out its racial accuracy if they're gonna actually oh, cast man. Puerto Rico? It's kind of dumb to point um, it out and call it woke. I, I I review movies for Eight List and you know GMA News and James, <laughs> but I yeah, shameless <coughs> right there, ladies and gentlemen. Please look me up, Mikhail Caros. Thank you. Just Google me. Um, I I share the reviews. I share my reviews in a lot of different um, film and movie enthusiast groups, a lot of film critic groups, movie review groups, and all these sort of things. And I find that the most visceral reactions to my to my um, takes on the film have generally been um, from a Caucasian American audience. Um, funnily enough. Um, they're compl- they they are saying exactly what my mentioned. They are complaining it's too woke. They're saying they don't want messages with their entertainment. Why can't it just be fun like the original? Why does it have to try and teach us something? Well, wasn't the original the same thing as you well, know? Wasn't it, it, the it was written by four gay guys in the fifties. I think they were writing about intolerance. I think they knew something about intolerance, and I think yeah, they were as woke as. Fuck, because they weren't trying to hide who or what they were, and it and showed in their writing. Exactly. So it's mm-hmm. like if you're if you're pointing out the original, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Like because <laughs> it was always about immigrants. It was always about racial, racially charged violence. It mm-hmm. was always about that. Plus, it was written by you know members of the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. and I feel like the only people who complain about these things of are the people who have the privilege of not experiencing these troubles every day. Or the, yeah, which, the people which, that it was meant for in the first place. It was meant to target in the first place. The people who is, needed to be taught a lesson. Which is why we asked the question, why would you say that it's woke and inclusive when the actual characters are Puerto Rican and you're going to actually cast Latin, Latin Americans to, to, play, to play the parts? Just, just to give you an idea how different the mindsets were back in the 60s, right? Rita Moreno Because you lived through them? No, no. no. <laughs> I knew that was coming, but I took it anyway. Just kidding. That's a freebie. <laughs> no, but, but but when the 61 version was being Close made, Rita Moreno. Pakilala mo ko. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's so young. She's only 89. Wait. <laughs> She was like being painted brown, like all the other Puerto Ricans, right? They were all painted a uniform brown, which shows up terribly, terribly in HD now. Oh my God, it's so bad. And you feel bad for them because she was a stunning woman. I mean, she still looks amazing. Now, I don't, I want to know what her skin regimen is, honestly. She's 89. What the, have you seen her skin in this new one? But I did not know she was 89. She does not look 89. Right. Like she was 89. Exactly. And she doesn't have, um, but. You know, she complained to the makeup artist. Why are you gotta paint? Why you gotta paint us all brown? You know, Puerto Ricans are many different colors because Rita Moreno herself was fair skinned, and there are as Anita, the new Anita shows. You know, Ariana DeBose. You know, there are black Puerto Ricans, there are brown Puerto Ricans. You know, there are fair skinned, light skinned, dark skinned Puerto Ricans. They come in all, all all shades, all colors. And the makeup artist told her, "What? What you got a problem being brown? What are you a racist?" <laughs> the fucking what? makeup artist told the actual Puerto Rican that she was racist for not wanting to be painted brown. That's ignorance. That's ignorance right there. Ladies and gentlemen, the 1960s. 
Yes. But well, we're really glad this 2021 version was made. And um, I guess uh, as much as it could was really trying to be as authentic as possible. Although there are also comments saying that the writers really weren't genuinely going through that struggle. It was they weren't Puerto Rican themselves, but at least this one tried its hardest and it was technically beautiful and well, at least better accepted in this generation compared to the 60s one. So Yes, it was. I guess it's just it, say oh, sorry, continue mo na lang yun. It's just modernized. Hmm. You know, it's it's modernized to to somehow be more authentic and not just because it wants to pander hmm. to a certain audience. Definitely. And it might have taken a little bit more time fleshing out the story. You don't jump from one song number to another, but mm-hmm. it's an important message. I guess it's tried to say more clearly what the 1961 film wasn't able to. Mm-hmm. Either as a result of, you know, the, the mindsets at the time or, or just, you know, the way it was originally presented. But now they, we have um, uh, an award-winning director making a clear passion project and he really wanted to do right by the communities he was representing, by the story he was telling, and also by the legacy he was picking up by even thinking of doing a new movie when, you know, the 1961 one, it was seen as an untouchable classic for the longest time. Yeah. 1961 one. He nailed it, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, okay, um, we've raved about it. Misha has ranted about Ansel enough, I guess. So besides Ansel Elgort, who unfortunately was not able to please everybody. Who unfortunately is, there... is in this movie. Oh, God. <laughs> is he's there... not done. He's not done. <laughs> is there anything you'd like to change about Steven Spielberg's 2021 version of West Side Story? Besides Ansel Elgort, please, for the I, love of God. I honestly... You know, not not that I'm taking anything away from from Mariana Dubose because I could not stop raving about her performance here, but I would have liked to see Naya Rivera also play oh, Anita. Oh yeah, because she was originally slated to play Anita. Oh. Yeah, but because of tragic circumstances. Yeah, she would have. I imagine she yeah. would have. It's it's a what? She would have brought identity, but I think she also would have done. She would have made a compelling Anita. Yes. Yeah, exactly. She, she would have been amazing. I, it's not it, it's not really a change, so to speak, but it, it's more of like a curiosity. It's a what if Naya Rivera went through with the role and we yep. didn't have Ariana DeBose. Because Ariana DeBose was amazing. You know, she went through, the character just went through so much. Yeah, um, Anita's actually a very, very complex character because you could understand the mental gymnastics she has to go through because obviously, yes, the love of your life was killed. <laughs> How do you solve a problem like Maria? Or wrong musical. Um, solve a problem wrong like musical. Maria. Wrong musical. Uh, yeah, her true crime documentary would be banging a murderer. Oh no! No, because that's what she did. Oh, oh, going back, going back. Okay, to Anita. going back. Yes, Anita is such a complex character because here she is still trying to help Maria get with Tony. After Maria was oh held up being interviewed by the police, she still fucking helps Maria and goes to Tony to try to tell him that, hey, she's not gonna make it um, at your agreed time or Dude, whatever. It, this is like one of the hardest but, uh, scenes to watch because you like, knew what was gonna happen. This is where the best actress material comes up. So she tries to go to Valentina's um, uh, drugstore 
tries to tell Tony that, okay, Maria is um, being questioned by the police. But there, she is met by the fucking Jets who insult and degrade the shit out of her. And mm-hmm. even attempts to rape her. Yes, they do. That that was that, a really… That was a tough scene. Mm, that, that was, was a, so hard to watch. Can, and I, can I just say that um, I saw the stage version… After I saw the 61 movie, but before I saw this movie, and I was shocked at the near rape of Anita because it wasn't that intense in the original film. Mm -hmm. And to see it play out here in this movie, Uh, it just like, you know, you feel dirty afterwards. You know how you you see the talent in Steven Spielberg because musicals will make you see the, will translate these things, but you won't feel that uncomfortable. But somehow, Steven Spielberg managed to do that. Exactly what you feel. You feel dirty. You feel offended it's by like what violated. you see. Violated. I feel it, so right. yes, violated Violated. That's exactly the word. Uh, and um, it also adds to this factor where you see why Anita lies to Tony or Valentina saying that, oh, Maria's dead. Because fuck Gina all of shot. you, I was going to help Maria and Tony, but yep. fuck you guys. Yes. After what you tried to do to me, I am I give up. This is the yep. last time I'm helping you guys. Yep. Yeah, but I, I, it's screw I, you guys. I'm going home. Yeah. I like the that that the how pure her emotions were in that scene because she not only called him out for for that. It's not like because she was already angry to begin with, and to go to go out. To go out of her way, you know, step out of her emotions just to help out the brother of her, her uh, the sister of her lover, only to be tormented. And, you know, she okay. even calls out Valentina, degraded. She even calls out Valentina, calling yeah. her a traitor. Like, you're yeah. a traitor just yeah. because you married a gringo. Yeah, and it was that, probably the most painful thing to watch. That is another added layer to the character of Anita. She which, should win. She should yeah. win. <laughs> Obviously, I really hope she wins. Ariana DeBose has nailed, but I also think that Naya Rivera would have given it a different touch, but it, it's it's really, really her, difficult her, 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 to be she able has to this do that. Presence, really. The camera just loves her, mm-hmm. Ariana DeBose. Um, well, for me, what, what I would change, I mean, honestly, Clearly, Spielberg made the movie that he wanted to make, and I already na- already laid out my issues with Tony. So let's not go there. He's the weakest link in you know. Are you sure? Movie in both movie versions, Tony is the weakest link. Okay, that that's not that's not news. But if I could change anything about the movie, I would change the release because this came out in December, and people stayed away because the target audience was still scared to go out. You know, there was big COVID uh, surges all over the world and everyone just wanted to see Spider-Man. It came out at the worst possible time. (laughs) In fact, that people are only discovering it now that it's on Disney plus three months later. Um, Number, they're only discovering it because number one, it's on Disney plus. So it's on wide release and number two, it's easier for them to access. And number two, because of a viral tweet from Guillermo del Toro who posted like the first 30 seconds of the school dance sequence. And he was all like, how the hell did you do this, Mr. Spielberg? And people went nuts. They're like, holy shit, this exists? What yep. movie is this? Because they missed it completely. They were all watching Spider-Man. Imagine yeah. a legendary director tweeting another legendary director's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can just like imagine 
the visual, the audio treat it was on the on, big screen. That was amazing. I it was. To, uh, it, 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 I would not have seen it any other way. So, Angel, I know you've seen it. Stick Angel enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, sure. Stick Angel enjoyed it. It was I, I got to the screening. I got to the screening late. I had like the worst seats imaginable. Me and Dang were seated like three rows from the front and we were on oh, the right no. side. So, we had like stiff necks by the time it was done. But oh, it no. was beautiful. Oh, it was my God. worth the stiff neck. It was a good assault on the senses because mm-hmm. so many things were happening. The amazing choreography plus the cinematography and camera movement. It's imagine, like, oh, I'm, imagine, I'm barfing rainbows right now. If I felt that way watching it from a computer screen while streaming, streaming this movie, it's just, I can't imagine, I can't express how jealous I am of you guys for watching this on the big screen. Yeah, you should have like cast that shit on the TV. You should have put it up on the biggest screen in the house and watched There's a sleeping there. baby in the room. I can't cast. <laughs> we watch with, with Bluetooth <laughs> earphones. So. Yeah. Um. I don't know. For me, this is nitpicking at some point. But fine. Like given Ansel, obviously. But I'm going to go back to Chino and maybe oh. just nitpicking at how he suddenly had good eyesight. You know, he's all angry now. He has a gun. <laughs> he loses the glasses, which is a quintessential I'm going to be a badass movie trope. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like... He traded his glasses for a gun. Now <laughs> <laughs> he so is a bad guy. How were you able to see? How were you able to shoot Tony and not miss without your He was your aiming for Maria. <laughs> That's it. He was aiming for Maria. He hit Tony by accident. He wanted to shoot the race trader in the face and he hit her boyfriend in the back by mistake. Okay. That explains it. So that's it. He's like… He tried three times. He's like, the fuck did I leave my glasses in that salt warehouse? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's… Okay. My my question has been answered. So he was aiming for Maria. Okay. Got it. So He was really mad. (laughs) I guess he was trying to solve a problem like Maria. Ah! Oh, with a bullet. <laughs> okay. Who is Ariana DeBose? Ariana DeBose. Oh, she is the bullet. I see how it all came together. Look at you. Look at you. Full <laughs> circle. And this is also where we wrap things up. Those are our thoughts on West Side Story. Once again, thank you to our friends over at Stratworks and Disney for giving us the wonderful, wonderful privilege of seeing it on the big screen. So we definitely suggest it's still out in select theaters here in Manila. So Stick on just says thank you too. <laughs> So please, please, please do see it on the big screen. It's how it deserves to be watched. Or if you're catching it on Disney Plus, try to um, try to cast it on the biggest screen you can. You will not regret it. Absolutely. If you have a projector, you can throw it up a white wall. That yes, would help. Do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. And with your best speakers, please, because it mm-hmm. is amazing. Yes, you are right. It is an assault to the senses. Yeah, a good really. assault. Yes, mm-hmm. like keep Absolutely. assaulting me. Wait, what? No. What? <laughs> what? Okay, bye guys. Okay, yeah, that's Wait, no. Wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, okay, Moving no. On. Okay, bye. <laughs> Follow us on our socials. <laughs> <laughs> at sub underscore auteurs on Instagram. We also have Facebook. <laughs> our Facebook page, please like it. We have all, We also have a Stop Facebook laughing. group. <laughs> sub auteurs, we like movies or we share movie news. 
and random Hello, stuff just... about movies. Please, let's forget <laughs> I ever said that last part. That is not. No, that is that only was giving. That was only giving consent to West Side Story to assault me, not anything else. And... Yeah, stop saying assault. <laughs> <laughs> kasi na kasi naman iniwan kasi ni Chino sa assault factory yung salamin niya. Okay. With that, it's time to say bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Oh, sa pili mo, witty ka. Okay, this is our cue. Okay. I'm Mai. Yes. I'm Misha. And I'm Anjo. And we're the Sobotours. <laughs> Thank you.